bring it in, everybody, for this Asshole. Friday episode of Game of Bones, the fluffy it's a pillow. cozy little podcast where we're going to talk about death and pain and sadness. And stillbirths of dragon babies. And <laughs> Or was it? Or what? Well... There we go. That's our uh, one of our later discussion topics. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is, of course, Game of Owns, the Game of Thrones podcast that has it all, including three episodes per week. And now we are on our Friday episode. It's been a great week, everybody. And, of course, we are getting back to sort of the, the final few chapters of the Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire first book, which in this case is the penultimate Danny chapter. It's not the penultimate chapter. There is one more Danny. I think it ends with Danny, doesn't it? Yeah. The book. So that's pretty cool. But actually, this is the second to last chapter with her, and we have three chapters after this until the end. This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole book because finally she wakes the dragon. <laughs> like there's a payoff. Oh my that gosh. Quote, well, hang on. Are you sure it's in this chapter? Yes. Where she wakes the dragon? Okay. I'm okay. sure Maybe I'm we sure have... the dragon has awoken within her. I mean she hasn't the 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 three dragons haven't woken yet, but she has awoken as the uh, dragon. The, her ancestors set her yes. free and make made her fly and it was ah because you know, you wait a long time in these books for like stuff to <laughs> to pan out mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't at all. So this was just five books those, later, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're still waiting. Um and and then, you know, in this one, it's like a case of from the very beginning, we've had this, oh, you don't want to wake the dragon, do you? You don't want to wake the dragon. And you all thought it, we all thought it was a Viserys. And then here, George R. R. Martin just turns it around and goes, nope, it's Danny, if you didn't realize. And I loved it. So that was done in this dream sequence, which begins the chapter. And maybe not – dream sequence doesn't really do it justice, does it? She is in a drug-induced or drug-fueled yeah. illness. Drug sequence fueled, high fever, kind of in-between worlds, self-realization sort of phase. And in it, she, of course, morphs into a dragon. She's crying because of the loss of, I guess, her child. She has this dream where she sees her son, and he looks, he's got the, the skin color of Khal Drogo, but her fine silver blonde hair. Um, which I thought was really cool, but he bursts into flame. She's crying, but the tears on her cheek are turning to smoke. And pretty soon she's got a tail and she's flying and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much like Dumbo. But <laughs> like Dumbo. <laughs> psychedelic like Dumbo. Uh, but uh, it starts out where she's walking down this long hall beneath high stone arches. And then it, like Eric, you just went through kind of describing all the different steps mm-hmm. that were transitioned through in this dream sequence, if that's what you want to call it. But I often wonder, you know, there's that scene in season two where she she's in the house of the undying, and then you see that she's walking through into the the throne room, and it's snowing, mm-hmm. and, and the throne room is completely destroyed. And and that's kind of what it took me back to here when I was reading that. You know, you wonder if she's in some sort of castle within King's Landing. She says that there's this door ahead of her. Um, it, it's painted red, and her feet are leaving these bloody footprints on the stone. Well, the red door was from where she lived before she went to. Yeah, that place where do you remember when when she felt home, like the only place she ever felt kind of like at home, was there behind that red door. 
So she's probably mixing up the things in her mind, like thinking of home, because that for her is home, is that symbol of the red door. But what she's really seeing is King's Landing, which is her true home, which her is birthright. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that it's they kind of have that rally with all of her uh, ancestors around her, kind of cheering her on, telling her to go faster, go faster, go faster. And and I think it ties in really well with what you were saying earlier, Selena. This is sort of the awakening that's taking place inside of her, where she's really becoming the dragon. Yeah, and it was like it, it's it's funny because, I mean, there's some really 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 powerful imagery in this series, but sometimes it's like George R. R. Martin does his very best to make sure that we really understand what's going on. Like I could have done without her taking off the helm to see her own face. Like I felt like that was kind of like a ding, ding, ding. Are you listening people? She's the last dragon. <laughs> um, but, but besides from that, it was really, really, really awesome. And when she flew. Yeah. And I want to fly. And then she flew and had wings. Yeah. That would be awesome. I have dreams where I fly. Does really? this make me a Targaryen? I think this cements my my Targaryen bloodline. I think so too. Yeah, yes. it's pretty clear. So we last we <laughs> last saw Danny. Well, she lost consciousness in the last chapter, and you, we speculated. Of of course, we were proven correctly, or Selena was proven correctly, that the life was being sucked out of her child from inside her. Um, essentially, that you know she she was told not to enter the tent when the ceremony was going. That you know, only life can pay for death and, and all of that other stuff. Um, but of course, Jorah was taking her to the, the Magi woman to be, to, 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 to give birth. And she was not supposed to enter the tent, but she did. And as a result, all really hell broke loose and a lot of people died. Do you think the description of her child, the dead child was really frightening? Like yes. when they talked about how it had, um, scales and and these wings like bats and it was it had ma maggots inside of it and yeah. it had been dead for years and you this is went, weird but, but it hasn't been alive for years oh yeah, i was gosh. like i thought that too i was like it's only been eight months <laughs> um but yeah it's weird so danny i guess comes to and she was reaching for the egg um you know she wanted the egg she she became conscious i guess a couple times over the f course of a couple days she wanted some water she only has uh, – and she doesn't know it yet, but there are only a few people who are actually at their camp. Um, you know, she has her handful of servants and, of course, she has Ser Jorah and she and – the, and the Magi woman is there. And so she, I guess, waking from the dream really wanted her eggs. She feels that the dragon egg she, – she's, she feels it kicking, I guess. Either she's in between sleep or she's sure that it's that it's warmer. Than it normally is, and it says a lot about her destiny too. That she doesn't even think of her child, like she doesn't realize yes. until she wakes up, like the third time, that oh yeah, I had a child. Where did that go? Like it's all right. about the eggs for her now. I wanted to bring that up because it seems almost cruel, um, but she has this kind of way of leveling with the magical woman. Um, she has a way of leveling with her where she's like, you know, so many people died, and. Obviously, um, Selena, what you said on the on the previous episode is is completely true. That you know, the magical woman even accuses Danny of knowing that when she said only death can pay, only life can pay for death, that she would know that Danny that Danny would have to to <laughs> either way is fine, either whatever it is that that Danny would have to sacrifice her child's life to save Caldrogo. Um, 
So she she knew, uh, and according to the magical woman, like it was always what's at stake that her child would not live if if Kalzroga were to live. That the horse, in fact, was just an ingredient in the whole process yeah. and was not, in fact, the life that they would be sacrificing. Yeah, and she specifically tells her that was a lie you told yourself. You knew the price. And maybe yeah. deep down inside she did know the price, but this was the only way that the dragon was going to be awoken. You know, it sounds yes. sort of corny to say, but if these course of events didn't play themselves out, and we've talked about this with other chapters, you know, what if Ned doesn't have his head chopped off? What if Sansa throws Joffrey from the top of, uh, you know, the castle? You know, all these different things, how the story would have played itself out differently. But this needed to happen. It's such a, it's such a, like, oh, it just blows your mind because we knew, I mean, we had to assume if this hadn't happened, Danny would have had a child. He would have grown up to be the stallion that mounted the world. And in like, what, 16 years, we would have had a completely different story. And you have to wonder as well. I mean, I know that this, this woman, Magi or whatever you want to, Miri, um, I know that she was acting out of a personal, I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not saying that she, in some ways, Khal Droga had it coming. I mean, let's get real. But <laughs> it's it, it, she was acting out of a personal vendetta. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, was there some kind of force pushing these events to action? Because, as Micah said, this way we don't get the stallion that mounted the world, but we do get the dragon awoken in Danny. This is what confused me is because, just at the simple question... Did it take magic to awake the dragon in Danny? No, I think she awoke it herself, but I think it had to be triggered somehow. Like she was on that's the thing with destiny, I think, in this saga, to the extent that there even is one, is that you can have several different destinies and you can sort of push them along. Like her de Danny's destiny might have been the stallion that mounted the world. She couldn't have both. So it was sort right. of, it she could she couldn't be a Khaleesi. It was a yeah, it was a choice, and in a way, that choice was taken away from her because she was sort of just led on to to have this happen to her. Like she was sold to Drogo, she had Drogo's baby. That would just have happened. But then this way, it's almost like someone or some force, if you will, is pushing her off this path, saying, "No, no, we have a different path for you. Here it is." Yeah. And, and and what about this child? Because I thought of it as being very odd that Mary should describe the fetus of the baby as being dragon-like. Here's the actual um, quote from the book, that the child was monstrous, twisted. I drew him forth myself. He was scaled like a lizard, blind with the stub of a tail and small leather wings like the wings of a bat. When I touched him, the flesh sloughed off the bone, and inside he was full of grave worms and the stink of corruption. He had been dead for years. So what is this, I don't want to say zombie fetus, what is this dragon thing that was inside Danny? And because like, here I'm thinking of the stallion that mounts the world as actually being this lizard-like Lord Voldemort-ish, if you will. Well, Child. he wasn't like that. I don't think. I mean, if if this was the case, if she's telling the truth, which there is some um, dissent in the fandom about whether she is, but if she was telling the truth, he was a perfectly healthy baby until the moment when Jorah took her him into the tent, and that's when all this happened to him. That's when he transformed into this monstrous creature. And then it, it's just weird that it should be, or ironic, or obviously connected and intentional that it should turn into a dragon. Yeah, because it's symbolic of her. 
having the dragon inside her. But then I'd almost feel like in losing him, she would become less of a dragon or something like that. But essentially, it's just like fate, hand, you know, patting her on the back and saying, okay, you're not going to have a husband anymore. You're not going to have a child anymore. You're just going to be your own. You're going to mother these dragons. You know, yes. feel them. They're hot. You know, the stones are hot. So was it magic that ignited the spark inside the fossilized eggs or, again, not? I know. Was it the, was it the shadows? I mean, do they – was it Miri? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look back to the fact that – you know, look at the condition that Ser Jorah is in even after coming out of the tent. Like, Miri appears to be untouched, but Ser Jorah appears to have been damaged in some way by the shadows as well. You know, Danny even notes that. So they clearly have had an effect on everybody that has been inside of that tent when that event took place. You know, mm-hmm. the, the child is dead for all we know and was transformed into this disgusting being uh, that came out of Danny. So Jorah is walking with a limp and, and also is just noticeably gaunt. And mm-hmm. Danny has gone through this, you know, psychedelic dream sequence where she's had this awakening take place uh inside of her that you know when she has the dragon eggs close to her they're now feel as if uh they're themselves uh like a child you know that has yet to be born she feels the movement inside of the eggs so uh everybody who was inside of that tent has been altered in some way uh, if you want to say it was by magic then maybe it's by magic because we know that there's always been this magical tie to the dragons yeah, and I mean, I guess in general, Denny, again, just tries to level with Miri, and she accuses her of having ill intentions. She says that more more death, you know, paid for the life that we got, essentially. She, she lists all the people that died just outside the tent when they were fighting each other, and her child is dead. And she's being told that the call is alive by her servants and things when she's waking and sleeping, but she hasn't seen him yet. And Miri basically replies to her, it was wrong of them to burn my temple. That angered the great shepherd. Clearly, and and she has this argument. It's kind of philosophical in a way, but it, she just gets real with Danny and says, look, they had burned my you know place. Three men had taken me. The fourth one was, was on me when you arrived. What really did you save by saving my life? Because Danny's like, I saved your life. You really should have turn this shit around Mm -hmm. and Danny has almost no answer to that, you know, but it's essentially like what everybody was saying too. Like you shouldn't have saved this woman. You know, I couldn't help but feel that. But she has some really interesting points though. Cause you know, she's talking about what does it actually mean to be alive and what does it actually mean? What is a life worth? What is a, what is, and, and then Danny thinks, well, if a life isn't worth anything, what is a death worth? And it's just, Oh, it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) But this um this obviously comes to a head when she is taken to see Drogo. And this is this is just a situation where so he is alive, in fact. And I, I was worried because I didn't really remember how the series went with this, but in the book I was just like breathing heavily waiting for it. But Drogo is alive, however, he is blind. She finds him blind, and he's laying in the middle of a field. And she asks why this is, and one of her servants says he appears to like the sun on his chest. Uh, he, like, smiled some funny way or something when they took him outside, so they left him there. Um, but he's unfortunately extremely crippled. Danny uh, has a quote 
in this chapter where she says that he really alive for, for Khal Drogo is when he's riding on his horse. You know, he always has a horse between his legs, the bells in his hair, and he's, you know, fighting, you know, and, and then that's, that's life. This is not life, she says. Um, and, and that's really unfortunate that all that death that we witnessed in this, in, you know, mostly in this chapter, it's coming to a head, didn't really pay for anything, it seems. Drogo is alive, but he's in nearly a catatonic state. And what's interesting to me is I, I don't remember this being in the series at all, but according to Miri, he will, or it's possible under certain um, circumstances that he will return to his former glory. I, I think. I think that was like just her saying it'll never happen. Are like, you I sure? I think she would. Yes, I think. Well, I think because of events that transpire later in the chapter, I think that Danny decides that that's what it is anyway. But when you look at some of the things she says, she says when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, and when you bear another child, um, or is it the other way around? When the sun rises <laughs> in the. <laughs> It rises it's the in the west and sets in the east. Oh yeah, yeah you're right though. Um, that is backwards. I didn't notice that that yeah, was backwards. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, and and you, I suppose there is always that thing of going, oh well, maybe in book seven, the 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 sun, quote unquote, which is actually a metaphor, will rise up in the west of the world, and then Danny will miraculously become pregnant again, even though she's now barren, and then Calrogo will rise from the ashes. But I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I believe that. I think, I think it might have just been a fancy way of her saying. It's never going to happen. Well, seas going dry and mountains blowing like the wind, I attribute it to dragons, right? They can, if they mm, were yeah, to I mean, somehow... I mean, it, it, speaking metaphorically, maybe, yes. Yeah. But then um, Danny kills him, so he's not... I mean, what she was talking about was coming back from that state, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. If And, and so Danny decides really, really to, to, to put an end to that, to not give any thought to... Her catatonic husband, who's who's she essentially decides that he's holding her back from her destiny. Um, you know, she tries, I think her last effort at paying attention to what Miri said is when she tries to get Drogo aroused or to res to respond to her. Um, that was such an uncomfortable scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And we so got like back to back uncomfortable scenes between. Grandmeister Pycelle touching Sansa all over the last chapter. And yeah, this yeah. One. that's weird. Um, yeah, but essentially, so I think you're probably right because it doesn't seem like Drogo will be able to impregnate, um, Danny, even if, or once she heals from the recent pregnancy and is ready to bear children again. I don't think it seems likely that Drogo could impregnate her again. And so therefore, um, you know, because it's just so non-responsive and therefore I think it, it really just is what it has to be. You know, the mercy killing of Drogo, Danny grabs the pillow because she's listening to this episode too. She was sitting on a pillow. She she grabs the fluffy pillow and decides to end the life of her son and stars. Right. Oh, so sad. But I have I do have one question though because I think we kind of skipped over this and I was just I wanted your thoughts. Do you think that Miri could have been lying about Danny's child? Do you think because there is it is a theory in the fandom people are saying that it is possible that he's still alive because we never saw his body. Oh, that so people think she's lying not because it's grotesque or whatever, but because he could still be alive. Yes. They're saying that because we never, because that's kind of like the one rule of fiction is if we don't see the body, <laughs> there is no body. I mean, even, that's kind even of. Even sometimes when you do see the body, 
You're not it, sure yes. if it's the right body. Because exactly. there are White Walkers and stuff that'll exactly. bring it back to life. But but my thought, it has always been, and again, people feel free to, to, to write in, but maybe not to the contact email because Zach and Eric shouldn't see it, but if there are spoilers, <laughs> but um, feel free to write in and disagree with me. But I, I feel like, I just feel like even though we didn't see it, sometimes in the saga, things move so quickly along that it leaves no place. It's kind of like the same as Drogo coming back. Like if he came back in book six, It'd kind of be like, um, well, cool, but <laughs> we've moved so far since then that it kind of feel a bit strange. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the same with this child. Is that because because of the pace the story is going at, and because of the fact that Danny feels so sure that he's gone? You know, like she just in this chapter, she she feels like he he. It was like he was never even here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so focused on her dragons, and I just sort of feel like. That all points to the fact that, yeah, Miri was probably telling the truth, and he was probably like the sacrifice the island demanded, if you will. <laughs> I, I read that in the episode description recently, and I laughed out loud because <laughs> that's a great reference. Yes, I think that he's. I mean, I, I am. I'm fairly certain that his, the child is gone, and there's all this logistics where what are we accusing Miri of having taken the child and had him? Who would raise him? She's not yeah, a person of go? any. She's not a person of any social status where she can move a child like that um, or wean him or have him weaned. And also to raise him as an orphan, that's just sad. It's like Harry Potter. It's sad. It's devastating. You don't want to and, do it. But but how would they do it too without – I mean would Jorah know? And if so, why wouldn't he tell Danny? I don't think it's likely that he would be, betray her that way um, at all. So Danny finds that her company has been reduced. Drogo obviously in his state was abandoned by nearly all of his men. And she makes the choice to really just kill him and move on to her destiny. She's like, I got some eggs that are warm. Nobody else feels them, but I feel them. And the kid's gone. I'm not going to have the stallion that mounts the world. I'm going to have to mount it myself, essentially. So yeah, I thought it was just, just so powerful. awesome. I mean, <laughs> I know this is terrible, but I'm just like, ugh. You have no idea how ultimately girl powery this is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. No, there are so many cool, like, like hard, strong fighting men in the series, but there really are some badass women too. No, you're you're right, and I, uh, you know, going back to your theory for a second, what would have happened to the child was he given away to one of the other cows that rode off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody within the, that group, or there was, I guess, there was more than one group. There were two different cows that. Uh, that took off from Khal Drogo's and that it's just, it's open-ended. I think to your point, unless you've actually seen, unless you were looking from Miri's perspective uh, in this chapter or another chapter where you actually see, uh, you know, Jorah comments it on, on it too. So then he would have to be in on it. You know, even some of her handmaidens reference it as well. You know, they don't want to really describe it to her. And so, they would all collectively have to be in on the same thing. And I, I just don't see that level of betrayal, especially from her handmaidens and then also from Jorah. Right. They're the ones that stayed. And I think also it would be unlikely that the other calls would want anything to do with her child. Even if it wasn't grotesque looking, they were talking about killing Danny after Drogo died, you know, or that she would, would serve uh, like essentially no purpose and no political influence because there would be other calls with other Khaleesi's. She was going to be regulated back to like this worthless state of 
social everything, why wouldn't her child too? Her child would just be killed. In fact, they mentioned that her child would be killed. Yeah, and I mean, uh, on top of all of this, like even if it was somehow possible to to um, smuggle him away, to disguise him, whatever, and even if they somehow felt like this was the right move, which I still don't know why they would, even if all of that. The series, the book series, moves at such a snail-like pace that, at best, we would see this child be, what, five, six by the end of the story? Like, that wouldn't really, unless they do the big time jump, you know? So I feel like, I just feel like, logistically, there would be no reason to come back to him. I feel like he was a sacrifice, Danny has moved on to the next part of her story, that's it. Even though it would be a cool reveal. And in in some small way, I feel like... George R. R. Martin made up for this in another way later on in the series. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes, oh, I love it yes, when we of can course, do this. Yes. I know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but of I course. can't say why. Yes. You don't so, want to give a hint, Micah? I could give no. a hint, but I don't want to because it's not <laughs> – I don't want to spoil – Anything. Well, look, that's fine. Just point it out when we get there and be like, this is what it's I was talking about. This is where okay, George so R. Martin made it up to us. In 2020, when we're <laughs> back here, someone needs to remind us. <laughs> um, uh, yes, but uh, let's go to our owns. Mine, I'll, I'll go first here. My own is Danny's promise. So she's on her own and she promises to, um, I think Jorah's there and some of her handmaidens, that Mago and Ko Jocko the other well cops who, who have ridden off. She promises that they will plead for the mercy that they showed to this woman, Aroe. Um, but of course, they didn't show her mercy. Uh, Aroe is this woman that they had severely raped and killed, and they slit her throat. I think it said that six men um, had their way with her, and then they slit her throat. So That's so sad. This Horrible. is one of the women that Danny saved a couple chapters ago. We were talking about this. And it's such a she should slap stop in the saving face. people. <laughs> it's such a slap in the face to Danny that she takes it personally, and she vows. She says something like, "As long as there are mountains, you know." That she vows that Mago and Kojako. But then Jorah's like, "Dude, the, or Princess Khaleesi, uh, these are men that have two hundred thousand of their riders now. Like, how will you ever get to them?" And she says, "They will scream." You know, she's she's into it, and that's my own <laughs> She's into it. You can't do that. You can't take that own and then not even do the whole quote. This is terrible. I, it's, 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 I had to paraphrase because it's like seven or eight paragraphs. Okay, well, I will say it because I feel like it needs its, its proper – not the seven or eight paragraphs, just the quote. She says, I am Daenerys Stormborn, Daenerys of House Targaryen, of the blood of Aegon the Conqueror and Maegor the Cruel and Old Valyria before them – I am the dragon's daughter, and I swear to you, these men will die screaming. Ah! Okay. So there you cool. Go. This little, was in the show, too. It was so I know so you're cool. all about the girl power, so I let you have that quote. Aww, there you go. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's from Miri. Uh, it's, it's a little bit long, but we, we talked about it before. It's, it's basically her describing how Daenerys did absolutely nothing uh, by saving her. And uh, she says, the stallion who mounts the world will burn no cities now. His calisar shall trample no nations into dust. Three riders had taken me, not as a man takes a woman, but from behind as a dog takes a bitch. The fourth was in me when you rode past. How then did you save me? I saw my God's house burn 
where I had healed good men beyond counting. My home they burned as well, and in the street I saw piles of heads. I saw the head of a baker who made my bread. I saw the head of a boy I had saved from dead-eye fever, only three moons past. I heard children crying as the riders drove them off with their whips. Tell me again what you saved. Oh, zing. There you have Burn. it. You don't, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, and you don't rape the person who's tasked with saving your life two chapters after the fact. And you don't mess around with Slim. But you do mess around with Sam. <laughs> and also that. You do mess around with Sam. Let's mess around with Sam, Micah. We're going to the iTunes store and just checking up on the latest Game of Owns reviews that we've received from you. Of course, of course, they're all five-star reviews, aren't they, Micah? Absolutely, they are. And uh, we appreciate them, as we say on every episode. Uh, it's a good way for new listeners to get an idea of what we do on this show. And uh, especially with season three, uh, just a couple weeks away, we know that a lot of people out there, they're going to be looking uh, to uh, find something to compliment the great show that is Game of Thrones. Uh, so we have uh, two new reviews here, and Sam has been uh, absent uh, for a couple of episodes, and he has agreed to come in and uh, read these reviews. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. So the uh, the first review here comes from Shader Boehner. That rhymes. Kind of like that bear episode you guys were talking about before. <laughs> it says, Game of Owns is a mugzing. Listen to it now or else. Did you guys get that? Okay. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. What the fuck does that mean? Amugzing. Can you spell it? A-H-M-U-G-Z-I-N-G. Amugzing. Is that a beer um, reference? Yeah, maybe. Sure. Maybe someone's enjoying a nice flagon, maybe, a flagon of Maybe ragging. they just really like mugs. <laughs> All right. Like oh, you okay. pour the awesome the into title, it. I don't know. Yeah, now you've maybe. done it. You've confused The title Sam, is some of my everybody. favorite nerds. So thanks. Uh, this next one comes from Matthew Potter, says, the peeps are pretty sweet. Okay. Uh, he says, we can rate every month? Say what? You'll love this <laughs> show if you like Game of Thrones, cool people, and fun. If you don't like it, you're a peasant's bastard anyway. <laughs> so thank you, Matthew and Shaner Boehner. And thank Yay. you, Sam. Thank you, for, Sam, for, reading for our joining reviews. us. We feel so special. You know, you come all the way oh, from the Oh, you are special, Selena. Eric this. isn't. Oh. <laughs> you go just for me, Sam. <laughs> That's oh, right. Okay. I know it's hard up there on the wall. I get it. I get it. Uh -huh. Oh. <laughs> no, it doesn't get hard on the wall. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's too cold. It's way too cold. But um, bum. Hey, hey, Sam. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've heard this one, but a uh, a drum and two cymbals fall off the wall. Uh-huh. Do they fall on your head? <laughs> no, wait for it. There's more to this. A drum and two symbols are falling off the wall. Boom! Uh -huh. It's so funny. I got it. Bye. Thank you, Sam. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Sam. <laughs> we drove him off with our bad jokes. No. No, this is good. Thank you guys so much for your comments. Um, we yes. hope you'll continue to send them in. Yes, and you can also send them to us via Twitter. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash gameofowns. We will read those uh, latest ones at the beginning of next week. And you can email us, of course, at contact at gameofowns.com if you have any sort of long, longer format comment or response to give us, um, in addition to your iTunes ratings, which we very heavily appreciate. So uh, barring an extended, extended version of the trailer, uh, we should finish <laughs> Game of Thrones next week, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. No? Actually, we, we, it's, so it's, uh, it's, we have Tyrion. And then three more chapters. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's Tyrion, Catelyn, 
somebody else, and then Danny. Um, and then, of course, the appendices. But we are on par to finish our chapter-by-chapter chapter episodes before Season 3 airs, and we'll have lots more announcements uh, regarding that to come in the coming weeks. But that concludes this uh, week's episode, Friday, Friday, Friday Fly Day, Danny's Flying. And we, too, will sprout wings and fly, and you will find us next week. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.